it's amazing. Amen? Well, why don't you fist pump someone next to you as you take a seat? And I've been waiting to say this for the last 12 months. Kids, we have a special program for you. Tomorrow's too old for now. <laughs> How did that happen? Kids, you can make your way out to kids program. We've got something special for you out there. We actually have parents. We have our parents' room is not upstairs this week. It's actually out and to your left in the man room. And um, we have our kids' program in the woods room. And if you're at home, you have church in your room. And I hope you enjoy it. Want to welcome everyone to church. Thank you for coming. It means a lot to me. And thank you for those who are on the live stream as well. Maybe you have to stay at home. Maybe it's just impossible. Maybe you're in Port Macquarie enjoying the sun and the surf. Uh, we want to welcome you and say thank you. Thank you for being with us. It really does mean a lot to us. And um, oh, it's just so good to see so many people in the building. Now we can justify the expense on these chairs. <laughs> That's great. And um, I hope you're enjoying being back and seeing some faces you haven't seen for up to 12 months. Um, but it's good to see that we actually have a church which is healthy. We have a church that relies on Jesus Christ more than it relies on a church service. We have a church which loves Jesus and walks with him, and that's what's important. Amen? Amen. Well, I woke up this morning. You know how on Facebook, I got back on the Facebook this morning to have a look in there and came up with a memory. Nine years ago today, I was in hospital, just been hit by a car. I was meant to be having breakfast with Marcus. Remember that? And I read a prayer that I wrote that day. And it was along the lines, I, I should have called it up so I could read it to you, but Jesus, I just want to let you first off know that I love you. I want to thank you for saving my life today. But uh, for those who don't know, I was actually running on a freeway, which you shouldn't do apparently. And um, got hit by a car at 80 k's an hour. I should have died that day. But I didn't die that day. And I said, God, we're going we're gonna to love you. We're going to build and expand your kingdom as much as we can. We're going to plant churches. Since then, we've planted three, which is pretty amazing. And, um, and I just said, God, and we will do all we can to make disciples, save the lost, disciple the saved, and send the, those who have been discipled. That's what we'll do. And that has not changed in the last nine years. Passions me. Amen? Growing the church, growing the kingdom is important. Big congratulations to Mitch and Catherine Ottaway. Building the church. Put that little baby's name on the roll as quick as you can. No. That's great. I don't know if it's a boy or a girl yet, but apparently you have to meet her or him and, um, and enjoy their presence. But you can't do that in COVID. How are we going to do this, Mitch? We're all going to Mitch and Catherine's place this afternoon, lining up out the door. Nah, it's great. Congratulations. And the baby and mum are both doing well. It's fantastic. Ah, well, we're on a year which we've called Behold, All Things Are New. I think it's a great prophetic word for 2021. And um, I'm yet to see what the Lord unfolds this year, but I'm loving what I'm seeing already. And I think it's great. I know what he's doing in my life is good and strong. And I'm thinking, God, you're calling me much more to live a spiritual life, to live a life which is more in tune with you. That's good. And what I'm finding is the more I do that, the newer things come in my life. And um, the scripture says this, verse 16 of 2 Corinthians 5 says, So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. 
Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are new. That first verse. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. That one's been stuck in my spirit a lot in the last few weeks. And it reminded me of a story in 2 Kings chapter 6 of Elisha and his servant. And his servant was like an apprentice learning from the the prophet as he goes and they were camped out somewhere in a valley and and I imagine he would have been pretty excited because just a day before he watched an incredible miracle. Elisha was helping some guys clear some ground because they were going to set up a prophet's house and one of the axes flew into the water, an axe head, an iron axe head and Elisha says, don't worry about it. It's all good. Whereabouts did land over there? They threw, I think, a little bit of bark or something in the water and the axe head floats. That's pretty cool. So this younger servant, he's, he wakes up in the morning, still buzzing because of that, gets out of his tent. He's writing mum a note. Mum, this is the most excellent thing ever. The prophet, the axe head floated. You would not believe it. And he, he looks up and he sees a whole army. And they weren't the good army. They were the bad army. The Syrians were cranky with Elisha and were going to kill him and his servant too. He's looking around and all of a sudden he's like, but mum, ministry's not looking so good now. <laughs> There's this massive army of horses and chariots and, and weapons and he's feeling, what do I do now? Oh no, he runs back into the prophet. Elisha says, wake, awake, we're in deep yogurt right now. Come on out. Elisha prays this prayer, he looks and he goes, oh, is that all? What do you mean is that all? (laughs) It's the army, we're gone. No, no, Lord, open his eyes. And all of a sudden this young little man who was strict with fear saw something different. He saw beyond that army a much larger army full of angels and watchers and messengers with fiery chariots, with their foot just put just on top of them, ready to squash the other army. He saw something in the spiritual realm because he saw more than just the natural. Boy, that would have been amazing, don't you reckon? Wow, can you imagine how bold you'd be after that? You'd be, wow, I can see in the spiritual realm, look what God's got, he's got our back. It turns out that the Syrian army um, weren't defeated. Oh, sorry, did not defeat them. End up, end up becoming friends with them, which is great because the spiritual realm was not being dictated to by the natural realm. Amen. In Christianity, we live in a world in which there's lots to be afraid of. We live in a world where there's a lot which doesn't seem to go our way. And... Bad things do happen to good people. And if we were to only see it through natural eyes, I think we'd be discouraged. In fact, it can be discouraging. It can get you down. But we no longer see things from a worldly point of view, the scripture tells us. We no longer see things that way. We see things, all things new. We see things from a different perspective now, the scripture tells us, if we are in Christ. 
Today I want to speak about walking this life so that we don't get freaked out every time something happens which doesn't go how we want it to go. That maybe, unfortunately, some tragedies still happen in our lives. Maybe things like COVID might be here longer, but we don't freak out. Circumstances don't go away. We don't lose track. We actually stay strong because we don't look at things anymore from a worldly point of view. We look at things from a spiritual point of view. You know, my heart is this. I thought about it, I was praying about it this week. Naomi and I had a nice week away down at Kayama. It was beautiful. And one of my thoughts was, as we were walking to the beach, was this. If I could have anything I wanted right now with our church, it would be that every person would learn how to walk with the Spirit. Because I think that is the key to not seeing things from a worldly point of view. I think that's the key to living a life, the life God actually intended from you from the very beginning. We read it sometimes as Zoe life. Zoe, life the way God always intended it to be. This amazing life. Jesus said, I've come that you may have life and life more abundantly. That's what he means. This life, and sometimes as a Christian, you go, well, really? This is the life? Well, when you're looking from not a worldly point of view, you see something different. And the key to that, I believe, is walking in the Spirit. It's how all things become new. It's how you develop it in your life. It changes everything. It opens up the life that God intended for you to live. So we're going to be looking at Galatians chapter 5. We're going to work from verse 1. I'm going to read a few scriptures as we work through it. It's a great little passage of scripture. I encourage you to study this passage. Galatians chapter 5. Um, the Galatians were a group of churches, not just one. And they had their issues. And verse 1 says this. Paul writes, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. The story behind this, you see, that the gospel that Christ brought to these people was not only free and didn't cost them, but it brought freedom. They were no longer held to legalism. They weren't wrapped up in have-tos. Oh, I have to go to church. I have to do this. I have to read my scriptures. No, 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 no. There was something different that came when Christ came. He broke that and you had freedom. But not only that, the freedom from sin. They were no longer slaves to sin. Sin no longer dictated their destiny. It didn't dictate their life anymore. They were able to say no because they were free from it. And Paul's saying here, hang on to that. You've got victories. You see, what had happened was some people who had followed Christ's teachings hadn't fully let go of the Jewish or the Judaism teachings and started bringing some requirements back into the church. All these churches were starting to get a bit confused and I thought I found freedom, but you're telling me I have to do this and people were actually starting to do it. One of the things was circumcision. Can you imagine that? Telling the men, guess what men? Line up, we're gonna all get circumcised. They say, yeah, let's do this, what is it? You tell them, they go, oh, not such a good idea. Paul argues, he said, hey, that's no longer required. 
This is the freedom you have in Christ now. I like what Paul says. I think those who are saying you must do this should go all the way and cut everything off. Pretty brutal, old Paul. Sometimes I've felt that way too. The have-tos of legalism, the, 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 the struggle with sin, those are the two things God, Jesus Christ, sent, came and broke free for us so that we can walk in that freedom. Behold, all things are new. But they were actually reversing that and they were getting locked up in burdens again. And the result of that is not just losing a bit of skin. It's not just sinning every now and then. It's tying your life up, tangling things up in your life. So you're not living free. You don't feel the Zoe of Zoe life. You actually feel, oh, no different. Whereas Christianity should stand out, I think. The Christian life is a fantastic life. Not free from tragedy, but tragedy doesn't derail you. Amen? Paul writes on this. Here's the answer to them. Verse 16 to 18. So I say, walk in the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the Spirit desires what is contrary, sorry, for the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit. They're opposite. And the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. But if you are led by the Spirit, the have-tos don't grip you anymore. You don't feel as though you have to do this, I have to do that. A want-to develops in your heart for what God wants you to do. That's what develops. Walking according to the flesh, what is that? My way. Our desires, our will, the way I feel right now, it's the flesh. The flesh is always talking. There's so many voices around I've discovered. There's a voice of God. There's the voice of the devil. I'm pretty good at discerning that one. But the voice of the flesh, there's a voice of the world, but there's a voice of the flesh. Oh, I don't want to do that. That's not what I like. The desires of the flesh, we can live according to that if we want, or we can live according to the Spirit. That's what he's saying here. But Paul actually pulls out this, this truth. They're actually in conflict with each other. They're not parallel. They're not friends. They're actually enemies to one another. And he's encouraging everyone, the key to it is here, don't walk according to the flesh. Christian, walk according to the Spirit. Remember, let's keep remembering that he's actually talking to Christians here. He's saying if you live according to the flesh, you're going to live a life which is not the sort of life God wants you to live. It may even be sweet for a season, but it's not what God wants you to live. He goes on to say in verse 19, the acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft. Oh, I'm doing pretty good so far. Hatred, discord, jealousy, oops. Fits of rage, ah, anger. Selfish ambition, dissension, factions. And envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. This is what he says, this is what happens when you start walking according to the flesh. These are indicators that you're actually not walking by the spirit but are walking by the flesh. These things are gonna lead you down a path which you don't wanna live. These are gonna lead you down a path which is gonna tie you up again. 
Verse 21, he says this, I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this in the flesh will not inherit the kingdom of God. Do you wanna hear Rick's translation on that? The kingdom of God has these amazing things in it. It's incredible. The kingdom of God is, if you want more, give. <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you give away your whole life, you gain everything. That's the kingdom of God. Love your enemies. You find peace. There's a whole bunch of oxymorons, if you like, that happen. Or paradoxes. Is it paradox? Oxymoron. Paradox. That happened in, in Christianity. It doesn't seem right, but it is. Love your enemies? Really? Yeah, do that. That's in the kingdom. Because there's beautiful peace. There's harmony. There's, there's incredible fulfillment in the kingdom. But... He's saying here, but if you're living according to the flesh, you don't get to inherit that stuff. The great stuff which God came, the freedom and everything that he brings you, you don't get to experience it. I spoke a message last time I preached here a couple of weeks ago. In Romans chapter eight, it says, you know, there is now no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus that live not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Of course, there's no condemnation for those in Christ, but those who live according to the Spirit understand that they can see that. They don't see it from an ungodly point of view. Condemnation's on me. Ah, oh, I'm a Christian. Where's this? Why am I feeling so condemned? It's because you're not walking in the kingdom. What the kingdom has for you is no condemnation. But Christian, you're living with condemnation. It's because it doesn't make any sense to you. You're not inheriting it. That's what I think he's saying here. Let's read on, verse 24 and 25. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh. That's what fasting's all about, I believe. Crucifying the flesh. Put it up there on the cross with Jesus with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, verse 25, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Today's message is called Keeping in Step with the Spirit. My desire as pastor is that every one of us would learn about this and begin to walk in it. And I think it's something, Bruce, you do learn as you walk in it. I think it's something, a bit like riding a bike. It's something you do practice and you get better at it. Sometimes the flesh jumps in there because we've had it for 54 years. But as you begin to walk in the spirit, it begins to win more. And you get used to it a lot more. And all of a sudden, that anger that I used to have a problem with doesn't seem to raise its head anymore because I'm learning to experience the kingdom. I'm walking in the kingdom now. Behold, all things are new. That's my take on that. So he says there, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. So the Spirit's around us. Many of you have been filled with the Holy Spirit. Many of you have had very spiritual encounters. You've been born of the Spirit, born again. Fantastic things. If that's the case, let's walk in the Spirit then. Let's keep in step with Him day by day. In 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, sorry, 1 Corinthians 1, 2 and 3, Paul, through his writings, that church had its issues. You've read what they were on about. They had their issues. He's, and he describes three different types of people in the church. He describes the natural person. The natural person is a person 
who has not been born again. They're not a Christian. They're natural. They, they live a life which is sinful because that's what you do. They're nice people. They're good people. They're not hatred people. They might be, but they're good people. But they're natural people. They haven't been regenerated. Then he mentions another person who is a spiritual person. And they're the ones who have been regenerated and they're the ones who walk according to the Spirit. And they're the ones who have been renewed and they live this amazing kingdom life. But he mentions a third person. The third person he calls them a carnal person. Again, remember he's talking to a church when he writes these letters. He said the carnal person is someone who has been regenerated, but they live as though they haven't. They're living in the flesh. They're living by their own desires. They're living according to the way they feel that day. Not according to the Word of God. Not according to the Holy Spirit. Not according to what God wants to journey them through. But in their own ways. And I think it's so easy for a person to have come to Christ, experience the beautiful forgiveness He offers, but then not walk according to the Spirit. It's so easy. But the problem with it is my life looks like someone who is not Christian. I get derailed. I lose hope. Maybe I get wrapped up in fear. Those, that list of the works of the flesh that I read out of Galatians chapter five, those things start appearing in my life because it's the works of the flesh and what comes out of my life when I'm living according to the flesh. And it's so easy to do. And Paul's saying, if the Spirit has brought birth to you, if you've been born again, if you live in a spiritual realm, then walk in it. Keep in step with it. Don't be the carnal Christian. Be the Christian who walks the spiritual walk. I think the world needs us to. We've got a world out there right now that's never been more uncertain than what it is right now. Cases of mental illness are through the roof and it's very real. We've got to bring hope. If we begin to in our life, begin to walk according to the Spirit, I honestly believe we bring people hope. What is it about your life, John? What is it about your life that brings hope into my life? That's what I'd love to start hearing said. I don't think it gets, we, we, we don't stand out when we're living according to the flesh because it just looks like the world. I want to walk according to the Spirit. I want to walk, keep in step with Him. You see, when you're in step with the Holy Spirit, you know that He is with you. Can you imagine if once a year, God came down, let you know how much He loves you and lets you know that once a year He's with you? Wouldn't that be cool? Once every 365 days, that would be pretty awesome. The creator of the universe spends a day with you. Who'd love that? Well, what if he did it once a month? 12 times a year, the creator of the universe comes and whispers in your ear and says, I'm with you, buddy, and I love you heaps. What if he did it every day? Wouldn't that be cool? The creator who breathed every star into place. The universe, like haven't even found the edge of it yet. It's still being created because his word still keeps going, I believe. What if he was every day to come and put his arm around you and say, I'm with you. 
You see, he's with you even more than every day. He's with you moment by moment. That same God that I talk about. You see, when you walk according to the Spirit, you know this. When you're in step with the Holy Spirit, you know that He loves you because you can hear Him say it every day. I love you, Rick. So proud of you. Not too proud of what you did today, but I love you. And that's another thing. You don't feel condemned because you know that He's still with you. Moment by moment. You understand this because he's, you don't have to... You don't have to concentrate too much to know his presence is with you. Sometimes we get so distracted with stuff, but it doesn't take much to turn around and say, but he's with me. I'm going through this hard time right now. What do I do? I turn to this God who is moment by moment with me and I can talk with him. I can hear his voice. I can actually understand what he wants me to do right now. I remember being in a life group many years ago with Pastor Steve Kelly. And um, he scared the wits out of us by saying, we're all gonna prophesy over each other tonight. <laughs> I'm this 18, 19 year old kid. Okay, cool. And he trained us in this. He said, what we're gonna do is we're gonna just close our eyes and think of someone in the room and just say something encouraging to them. So I did. I just said, encouraging that person there. I just felt to say something. So I just wanna tell you that I reckon you're awesome. You know? And we did that a couple of rounds. Then he said, this time, Went through different, just a little bit more each time, you know. Say a little bit more. Then he said, this time, encourage them and then say whatever God puts on your heart. How scary is that for a bunch of teenagers? I remember thinking this girl in the room and, and I went to encourage her and God showed me something. And I just spoke it out. You know, you will be married and God's got a great man and you already know him. I thought, that's pretty bold. I opened my eyes and she's bawling her eyes out. And I realised this thing that came into my head, which wasn't my thoughts, they were his thoughts. The Holy Spirit revealed something to me that he knew, a word of knowledge. Spoke it over her that she was grieving in this. And all of a sudden, bang, I was really relieved when she did get married. <laughs> you sort of half said, and it's not me. I learned his voice. I learned that he's with me. I remember once my office at my previous church was right in the very back corner of the church and you had to walk down two very long corridors and let me tell you, the light switches were in very bad spaces. <laughs> Obviously, Brad Smith didn't put them in place. Stuart McClement did. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. It was after midnight. I was working back for some reason and... Um, you turn the light off where I am, then you have to walk down this corridor. And it's after midnight and buildings make funny noises. Anyway, so I turned it off, thought I can walk slowly. Halfway down that corridor, I get gripped with fear. This fear grips me to a point where I, now I'm, you know, I'm 30 odd years old at this point, not, not young, and then I realised, no, no. How dare the enemy try and do that to me? I'm a son of the most high God. I'm a son of the power of the universe. I'm his kid. And not only that, 
He's with me moment by moment. Stop, put my chest out, just kept walking. Turn on the light for the next one. It's funny how fear can grip you and the things of the flesh can grip you until you realise he's with you moment by moment. Every moment, he's there. He's an ever-present help in time of need. I think what we've got to get good at is just turning to him. I need your voice right now, God. See, when you're in step with the Spirit also, his voice starts guiding you. You know he's with you, but his voice starts guiding you. I remember I just started on staff over as a youth pastor in Penrith there and, and um, just getting ready for bed. And uh, we had, what, three kids? Another one, Lodger, waking us up every two hours or waking, I want to say us. It's a pretty liberal us. I was getting ready for bed and that's not ready. God showed me the business manager was having an affair. I'm the new kid on staff. I've been there working a week or two. And I thought, oh, but I knew that voice. It's not my voice. What if I think that? So the next day was Tuesday. I go to talk to Pastor Jack and think, Pastor Jack, I felt the Holy Spirit tell me this. I drive in and drive in car parking space and Pastor Jack gets out of his car. He says, Ricky, he's allowed to call me Ricky. <laughs> Ricky, I've got something to tell you. He comes over and tells me that he had to lay the business manager off because he was having an affair and was unrepentant of it. Why did God tell me that the night before? When Jack already knew. It's not as if I could do anything. Maybe he was just saying, that's my voice. Because one week later, one week, getting ready for bed again, God says to me, you need to make some changes to your youth ministry, otherwise you're gonna lose it. See, I know that voice. He told me the changes I needed to make. There's stuff in the natural, you need a lot of guts to do. But I had a confidence because I know his voice. His voice, he shared it with me. That's the same voice. So I went and made the changes, caused a big ruckus, but our youth ministry went on to be very strong and to see a lot of young lives changed. I wonder if I'd not heard that voice, Lance, if I didn't know that voice, what would have happened? Friends, he speaks to you. He has a voice. He wants to speak to you even more. Not only is he with you, he wants to share things with you. His presence is beautiful, but his voice is even better. This is walking in step with his spirit. Now, I think it is a training thing. I think it's something you learn as you go more and more. There's been plenty of times I thought I heard from God and I didn't. That was silly. No, it wasn't silly at all. It was learning. I was learning. That's why it's very good to have a leader or a mentor of some sort within the church who is ahead of you in all this who can actually say, yeah, why don't we just keep that one under wraps, mate? Or why don't we continue to pray about that and see what happens? They walk the journey with you. Why? So that you can get used to hearing this voice. Then, you, then one day, you're just going to know it when he speaks to you. Keeping the step with him, yeah, it's him present with you all the time, moment by moment. It's understanding his voice, but it's also this. You feel his power. You feel his power. 
You see, this was promised as part of the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said it, you shall receive power, dunamis. You shall receive it to be my witnesses. In other words, people will acknowledge that you belong to me because of this power. You'll be evidence of me. This power through your life. And one thing I would love to see more in my life and all of our lives is the God's power displayed. I think we went through a season as the Pentecostal church in the Western world where we'd like seeing his power in church. Saw people fall over. I remember once Mark Hopkins was our youth pastor at this stage. And again, I was just early 20s. And um, he called a prayer meeting into the chapel in our church building over there. I turned up, this would be pretty cool. But I remember walking down the corridor, that same corridor, <coughs> feeling his presence. And I thought, wow, this is, this is really cool. It's awesome. And, I'm, and we walk in this, and Mark says, Rick, and he just looked at me, Rick. And I thought, what have I done wrong? He says, come over here and lay hands on this guy right now. Before I even touched him, boom, this guy falls over and he's in this some sort of trance. He says, yeah, I thought I could sense the anointing on your life when you walked in. Pray for another guy. So I started praying for this guy. He starts shaking. I'm thinking, what this is, I understood something. That's the power of God. God, he wanted to show his power through me at that time. And because I had the faith ready, he just moved through me. Didn't realise that guy I laid hands on needed healing and he got healed. That's pretty cool. We have the power of God in our lives. It's a promise. And we think we save it for church. No, I don't think we really should just be saving it for church. Yes, encourage one another. Let's just pray for one another. Let's pray for each other's healing. But in, there's a marketplace out there where people need healing. People need miracles. People need breakthroughs in relationships and life and resources. And we could be the ones who carry that. Do you know one of the things I've loved most about the last 12 months? It made us a lot more aware of those who live around us. Are they doing okay? And church, I wanna say how proud I am with a good godly pride, I think, that you have actually done this well. I mentioned Greg and Skipper who needs prayer right now. Right now, He had a fall and, um, out of his chair the other day and he's not well. And Brother, we're praying for you. And, um, but... He noticed there's a woman in his suburb who it's a very hopeless situation. Well, he gets in there and he does something about it. Now this woman's up on her feet doing much better about it. He brought in the resources of a church because he noticed. What if we see someone who just can't get over this cough or something and they say, hey, I'll pray for you. I'm not gonna run like crazy from a cough because I have the power of Jesus Christ in me. We're going to lay hands on this person. We're going to see him healed. What if in the marketplace we saw a lot of that? You see, when we're walking in step with Holy Spirit, we don't need to get the courage because we just know he's there. And we know it's a promise from him that miracles and healings and breakthrough. One of my joys, I've said, spoken many times, is the moments I spent at Windsor High School. On Thursdays, I go in there and the amount of times I've walked into a classroom and the teacher says, when you walk in here, it's like peace. It's powerful. That's the power of God. It's the power of God. Walking in step with the Spirit is the key. You know, 
Walking in step with the Spirit makes me a much better Christian. It really does. But I won't stop it there. It makes me a much better husband. It really does. It makes me a better father and grandfather and one day a great-grandfather. No, there's no more barrels coming that I know of. You all know about Elijah and Bethany? Number six grandchild. They're down running the kids program at the moment. I become better when I walk in step with the Spirit. This is how it all comes new. This is where behold all things are new. This is the key. Because if we're not walking in step with the Spirit, we're gonna walk in step with the flesh. My own desires, my own will, what I want. And I've got to tell you, sometimes that is good, sometimes it's not real good at all. Either way, it doesn't bring the life that the walking with the Spirit brings me. It brings this incredible life that every one of us has been promised by Jesus. Where is it, God? How come I don't see this Zoe life? Why don't I see it? Maybe it's because you're not in step with the Spirit. It requires us to be conscious of this. Know that he's with us moment by moment. He never leaves you. There's a friend that sticks closer than a brother, the Old Testament tells us. I think it's him. Jesus said, the Father will send a promise and he will never leave you. Not only will he be with you, but he wants to speak to you. Jesus again says, he will show you things that I haven't got time to do. He will show you things. Some of you have spiritual gifts that I don't have, that the body needs. Prophecies, words of knowledge, words of wisdom. And when you begin to walk in the spirit, those things begin to flow out of your life. But not only that, you have power as you walk with the spirit. Can I have the musicians, Dave? That'd be great, thanks, man. We're gonna spend a bit of time for you at home as well. We want you to just tune in right now to what God is wanting to do. And we're just gonna look to the Holy Spirit right now because I think he's moving right here right now. I believe God's developing a hunger for the spiritual realm. Oh, it's real. First of all, there's some of you, when I mentioned the three sorts of people that Jesus was speaking, or what Paul spoke about in the book of Corinthians, first book. There's a natural person, the spiritual person, the carnal person. Some of you may not even be born again yet. You haven't had Jesus Christ come into your life and forgive you. He loves you, but unless you ask Him to forgive you, come into my life and be my Lord and lead me Lord that's the moment that you are able to be born again the spiritual moment where you are changed oh my goodness it's amazing when he comes into your life as your Lord and Saviour it's like everything just lifts off your shoulders but there's some who have already had that. And you know you've been living your Christianity in a carnal way 
being led by the flesh. And the life you're living, you're sitting there thinking, surely it's got to be better than this. Yep, it is. But you're not inheriting the kingdom. You're not inheriting all the great stuff that's in the kingdom because you're doing it your way. But there's a part of us as well, people here, and you understand what it means to walk in step with the Spirit. And I think without becoming space cadets, there's a lot of people who are space cadets. Not in this church, of course, the one down the road, but not this one. But understanding that He's with us moment by moment, that He speaks with us and He empowers us with His power. That's where life becomes Zoe life. That's when Rick becomes a better person, a better husband. If there are issues in your marriage right now, I want to tell you, this is an important key you need right now. This is important to you. Both of you, if you were begin to walk in step with the Spirit, you probably wouldn't have to address stuff because it will sort itself out. Here's a way of doing that. When was the last time you got a word from the Bible on your marriage? Let Holy Spirit show you what the word says about it. Christians should not walk around defeated. You're victorious. You've been made more than conquerors, the Bible tells us. This is the key. Some people here also, you're freaking out about your parenting. This is the important key to it, to understand what the Spirit wants. I've got to tell you, my wife's an avid reader. She read some great parenting books and there's lots of really good ones out there. Some real dodgy ones out there too. I'm not such an avid reader. She tells me what I need to know. But the Holy Spirit has guided us all the way. We didn't always get it right. We're not perfect at any means. But one thing I think we did get right, we led our family according to the Spirit. My parents and her parents taught us that. I think it's a really good thing to teach our children to be in step with the Holy Spirit. Oh, son, let's see what the Holy Spirit says about this. Have you prayed about this? Let's pray together. I think it's important. Because I don't want our children to grow up carnally I want them to infiltrate this world with spirituality, with the power and presence and the voice of God running through their lives. That's why, that's what we want. Thank you, parents. We've, we're actually shaking kids' ministry up a little bit because we're on a journey to discover a different way of doing kids' ministry. Not there yet. Thank you for your patience. Because I know a lot of people probably would have said, oh, we're out of here. We'll just go find a church with kids' program. Put on wiggles. We don't want to do that. We want to help you raise men and women of God. That's what we want to do. I'm thinking when they're 30 or 40 years old, they're going to be so strong in their Christianity and you're going to be so happy. That's why. So thank you for your patience. We'll get there. Spirit-led church. Can we have everyone just stand right now? He's here right now, you know. Right now is a moment by moment, moment. 
We're going to have the band sing this. I'm going to ask everyone just to close your eyes. And just sense Holy Spirit, He's with you right now. If you're what Paul calls a natural person, you've not surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, why don't you do it now? Just simply say, Jesus, I'm sorry. I will turn away from that sort of life and I will turn to you. Come into my life and forgive me, please. He'll do it. Your prayer is sincere, He'll do it. If you've been living this carnal Christianity, this flesh-led Christianity, why don't you just right now just say, Holy Spirit, infiltrate my life. I wanna hear your voice and then begin to listen for it. He'll speak to you. It might take your ears a bit of time to get used to it, but He'll speak to you. And if you're thinking, oh, I don't know what, I felt this, but I don't know whether it's gone. Talk to somebody. We've got so many great men and women in this church who understand His voice. They will help you. Because my heart is that every one of you would walk with Him. Be in step with Holy Spirit. Strong Christians, strong families, strong church, strong nation. Holy Spirit, thanks for being here today. I love it when you make your presence felt to us. Lord, would you just right now infiltrate our lives? Right now. Come, Holy Spirit, right through this place. Just open your heart to Him. Don't let your flesh block it. Listen with your spirit. He actually made you a spiritual person. Yeah. Yeah. Come, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, would you just begin to speak to people? Yes, thanks, Lord. Yes, thanks, Lord. Lord, even people who are on the stream right now, right there, let's listen for the voice of the Holy Spirit. Listen for Him. He wants to speak to you. Right now. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I lift up Jacko to you right now. What's happening in his body right now, Lord? Would you just heal that? Would you just bring healing to him right now? Thank you, Father. Lord, I lift up Greg Skipper to you right now as well, Lord. The injuries incurred, Lord. Would you just take all the pain away and heal what's been broken? It's been hurt, bruised. Give him courage again. Right now in this room, if you need healing, just lift your hand to God right now. There's someone who you've got an injury. Lift your hands up nice and high. You've actually got an injury. Okay. 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 Okay, Holy Spirit. I'm going to ask some of the elders of the church, pastors, just to just go and lay hands on them. Because I know you've actually... You've actually put the stuff on your hands. Holy Spirit. Total. 
healing. That's the power of God right there. That's the power of God. Thank you, Lord, for the healing. You know what it is, God. You know, God. Thank you, God. testimony over your life and I encourage you to speak it you've seen miracles and you're pursuing a miracle now testify because we overcome by the blood of the lamb speak it talk about it sing it you Africans know how to sing Jimmy come on sing it brother and that testimony will bring healing bring freshness behold all things are new now father you know what that means help them to shout the victories God you know there's people who are waiting for the victory over your lives Jimmy Wendy and they're waiting to see and as soon as that victory is proclaimed it will change their lives proclaim the victory Walk in step with the Spirit. What the world would say is not always truth, it's often lies. The truth is in the Spirit. Thank you, Father, for that. Thank you, Father, for that. I sense the anointing of the Holy Spirit here right now. It's big. It's amazing. You don't mind if we just wait a little bit longer, do you? He's moving. He's moving. Mel, I don't know your husband's name. I've forgotten his name. I met the other men's night. Simon, that's right. Did you enjoy the men's night? It's pretty cool, hey? So on again Tuesday night, man, if you want to come, 7.30. Here. Simon and Mel, I can see a knitting. Obviously, the new marriage. Dedicate it to Jesus and allow the Spirit to lead you. Holy Spirit, get to know Him like a really close friend. He's a really good friend. I like to drop the, the Holy Spirit. It's not out of lack of reverence. It's, it's my intimacy with Him. I want to be more intimate with Him. To say that He is close is to say that He's too far away. I want to be closer to Him. And you're going to find answers in that. You're going to find keys in that. The men's thing will be awesome. The Holy Spirit will add to that even more. And um, keep talking about your strengths. Keep talking about your strengths. Keep sounding out the strength that God has given you. 
And as you do that, I think you're going to find incredible peace. You nearly always say you've got plenty of peace at the moment. Just felt when we're worshipping, just felt God wanted to speak to you today. That's what it was. Father, I thank you for this family. Healing. Behold, all things are new right now. Lord, let your anointing be close to them. Let them feel it. Let them hear your voice. Tune their ear to hear it. Do you know, Reinhard Bonke used to speak about the blood-washed ear. It's almost, you sanctify your ear. It's almost as if you have to take the lies out of your ear so the truth can be heard easier. Listen for the truth. Listen for the truth. And the question will always be between the two of you. Well, what's the truth? We know where to find the truth. Amen. 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 Ted and Anne, you're amazing legends. I don't say that to build you up as a, on a pedestal because he's our legend, the Holy Spirit. But you've been faithful servants, the Lord of God. And um, he smiles on you. And there's gifts that God still wants to operate through your life. You know that. Credible people of faith. And your, your generations are showing that. Rejoice in your generations. Well done. You inspire me. I just want to bless you. Father, I thank you for this great couple who have fought a good fight. Lord, I pray that you're not finished with him yet. Lord, Holy Spirit, would you just begin to move in his life again and again and again and again. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I feel the smile of heaven. The smile of heaven, brother. It's very, very good. Lord, my sister, incredible, faithful woman. Thank you for her, Lord. Lord, I pray, Lord God, she would feel your presence and the comfort in that. Oh, and bathe in his presence. Lord, from the top of her head to the tip of her toes, let her feel you baptizing her again in your presence. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Beautiful presence. Jeff and Vicky, faithful servants of the Lord. Look younger than when I saw you last year, man. It's because we nearly got a premiership, but we nearly got it. That was close. Ah, the Lord loves you. There's a new season. You think there's a new freedom? Yeah, that's a different freedom to what you think. God's bringing a fresh, a fresh freedom into your life. And um, when I say freedom, you get to our stage of life. It's sort of pretty cool to have you know a bit more expendable cash around and it's beautiful but there's a new freedom that God wants to bring in the spirit you're going to see things more in the spirit and um, you're going to find answers for other people in the spirit and I think your ministry um, Jeff you, you, you pursue counselling um, it's in you your course added to what God has already put in you and um, don't forget it. It's very, very vital. And um, I'm not saying you need to start a new ministry or anything. Ministry is already in you. And 
Vicky, you're here from God. And um, there's this statesmanship that church requires people to have. We, we require to have people who are statesmen in the church because there's gonna be a whole bunch of people who are trying to hear the voice of God and they're gonna say, am I right? I'm gonna ask you, would you make yourself available so that people can test on you? Is that all right? Because I think you're a states, you're states people. Father, I thank you for them. Bless them. They're strong. They've endured tidal waves. They've endured storms, fire, earthquakes. Oh Lord, they stand together in a strong marriage. Bless them, I pray. Bless them, I pray, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Behold, all things are new. That's our year. 